When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Is This Real Life? I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker, and this is episode 99. I cannot believe that I have done 99 of these podcasts. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened, who's subscribed, who's given me kind ratings, and who's reached out on social media. And this week, I'm having two guests who I've met via social media who listen to the podcast. Paul McLean is going to be chatting with me about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Essence is going to be chatting with me about The Real Housewives of New York. I'm also really excited for you guys to hear my conversation with Essence about some of the lack of diversity on Bravo, especially on The Real Housewives of New York, and kind of what she thinks and she hopes to see in the future, and also some of her concerns around how black women are portrayed on on Bravo. Next week is my 100th episode, and so get ready because I'm going to have a very long special episode with multiple guests, and I am trying to get my dad and his fiance on the show and to maybe recap or share some of their thoughts on 90 Day Fiance. They have never watched the show, but I would really like to get my dad's thoughts, especially as someone uh, from the former Soviet Union who married an American. As always, I love to hear from you, so please reach out at ITRL underscore podcast, or you can also find me on Twitter at Mandy Slutsker. And if you like the show, please rate and subscribe. Without further ado, I will share the interview with Paul McLean first, and then we'll chat Real Housewives of New York with Essence. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Paul McLean, and he has the Instagram handle at Real Reality Homosexual. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing super good. It's super hot in Texas, but that's okay. It is what it <laughs> well, is. I mean, you have to stay inside all day anyhow, so. Yes, my my electricity bill is through the roof every month, but it's okay. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. It's Texas. I mean, at least Housewives is back. How were you doing during the hiatus? Uh, you know, 
I mean, I, I survived barely by the skin of my teeth, but I am very glad that Beverly Hills is back. And um, I do watch New York. And so I'm glad it's back too. I'm actually super excited about Potomac. So that is my shining light in the distance. Potomac is my absolute favorite of all oh of them God. at this point. It's like, it, I didn't really think I was going to love it like I did. And season two happened and then season three happened and then season four happened. And I was like, oh my God, it's like taking top two for me. So I'm excited. It's yes. so good. How are you feeling about this season of Beverly Hills? Um, you know, I like it. I think that it definitely is not last season for sure, which is great because last season was a hot mess. Um, I think that, you know, it just, it feels, I guess, more organic. I feel like the episodes are more full of content and they last longer and it's not one storyline per 45 minutes. I feel like there's three or four different things that happen in the episode, which I really appreciate. And it feels like sometimes nothing is happening, but yet I enjoy it because I feel like they enjoy each other. Yes. In a way I haven't seen, like, it's not like, oh, we're all only talking about Denise when Denise isn't there. We're actually enjoying each other's company. I really enjoyed last night the scene in the TP. I guess, (gasps) is that what it was? When they were all just being stupid. Yeah, like the tent with the pole in the middle. And I loved that. It was so fun. And Sutton was having a good time. And they loved that Sutton was having fun, like letting her guard down. Everyone was like hilarious. They were Mm -hmm. so talented on that, like, make-believe stripper pole. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would fall right on my ass. Can I swear on this podcast? You can, whatever your heart desires. Okay, good. Be your true self. My true self. Got it. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into this episode. So it starts out, they're at Kyle's kid-friendly barbecue. And... Denise and Aaron, who I think is my least favorite house husband ever. I mean, I, um, I right yes. now at least. Um, they are storming out and Lisa Rinna is running after them. And I almost forgot that she had been saying to Aaron, Denise, don't say anything. We're on camera. And then he squeezed her hand. He's like, he says something like, I'm going to smash your fucking hand. What I missed the that the first time. Him? I missed that the first time. I didn't hear it. And I, I guess when I rewatched it, and then again last night before the new episode came on, I was paying attention. And it's definitely clear. Like, I agree with you. He is probably like top douchebaggery house husband that's ever been on Beverly Hills for sure. And I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I actually had to stop the episode when Denise was like, I mean, he deals with fucking cancer. This is so fucking stupid. I don't want to subject him to this. (laughs) Yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Like, we all have a career. And also, like, he doesn't actually deal with cancer. Like, let's not... He's not a doctor. He's not a nurse. He's using some whatever alternative therapies, which is great if they work for people, but that is not how you cure cancer. Yeah, like, I I mean, I don't know. I I probably have a, a different opinion about Aaron and Denise than a lot of people do. I mean, definitely on Twitter, there are people who don't agree with me for sure. But I will get into that, too, I'm sure. Well, give me your hot take. Like, how do you uh, feel about them? I just feel like Denise last season was good. And I don't necessarily dislike Denise. 
I think she is entering LVP territory in the, I'm going to storm out of the conversation and not finish it. And I think that her husband is a bitch and becoming unlikable because (laughs) he's getting involved in women's discussions. Like if my husband ever did what he did last night to Erica, I would probably, oh my God, I don't even know what I do. I would be so pissed and like he would get it either verbally or in another way. Like, I don't even know what I do. Like, don't disrespect women that way. I don't care who you are, who they're talking to. Like, you just, as a man, like, go smoke a cigar or go, like, to the bar or, like, go talk to Sutton's man. Like, get out of the women's circle. I just hate that. Oh, it's like Peter Thomas 2.0. Okay, like, I can't deal with Peter Thomas and I don't like Aaron either. Yeah, I don't dislike Denise. I just feel like she wants to, she has issues with control. She has to control everything. She has to control the narrative. She wants to control what her kids see and don't see. And she sets the rules and she changes the rules and it is not transparent about it. And then gets upset when people don't follow along. Well, it's like expecting someone to do what you want them to do without lying out an expectation to them to say, hey, this is what I want you to do. So don't like screw it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Protecting the kids, I can understand. There was something that went around Twitter, I think, maybe like a couple weeks ago, right right after they went on hiatus, about why she was reacting the way she was. And I didn't read it because I really don't care. But um, I'd be curious to know what was in that. In fact, I should probably try to find it just to read it. But there was something. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't. I'm sure there is a lot that goes into being Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen's children. And I'm sure she's over kind of compensating and trying to keep them away from seeing certain things. But at some point, they will see it all. You can't, I mean, she's in movies, like they're never going to watch those movies. Like no one's ever going to talk to them about those movies. That the tabloid drama, a simple Google search won't happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that you are unable to control what your children see, especially now. Like when I was a kid, the internet really didn't exist all that much and everything wasn't on there. So I guess I was sheltered in that way. But now like anyone can get on Google and Google anything and it pops up. And furthermore, I think that if Sammy, Sammy, right? Not Lola. Mm -hmm. If Sammy would have reacted on camera, like Denise was portraying her reacting to the women, it would be different and I'd feel different about it. I do you think, I don't know, I guess she's just upset about what her kids are subjected to and that's her right. And I think Mm -hmm. that she brought it up to Erica and Erica rightly apologized. Um, But then you really do have to let it go. And to take it a step further about making a point of not bringing your children around everyone else is implying that you don't trust them to not quote unquote slip up again you know it's unfair it it is unfair and i think that that the the women have every right to feel like that's what's happening and i think that's actually what's happening i don't think they're imagining something because they're being paranoid i think that she was clear in the episode saying like i'm gonna bring my kids around you again you know i don't there was any there was no gray to that it was very black and white she's not going to bring the kids around because of what happened and i think 
she, yeah. And then for me, the main issue is the disrespect that Aaron has been showing everyone. It's okay for him to defend his wife. It's okay for him to be upset with everyone, but he can't show it in this way. I think right. that's where it, we always get pissed off. Like when Peter Thomas did it, and then when PK did it, and Dorit was like, I learned a hard lesson. Like, oh my God, I forgot about that. That was the best part, I thought. I was like, it really showed growth. I am a huge Dorit fan right now. I don't know if I always will be, but I am enjoying everything about her this season. Well, you know, she she has grown on me too. I will say that. Um, watching her progression on Instagram over the past month, though, like has really just taken me for a loop. She looks beautiful. It's just, I just don't feel like she looks like she used to look. But that's yes. not my business. It's it's here nor there. Like, I, if she feels beautiful, that's fine. I'm not going to knock her for that. Um, but I think she she probably did learn a hard lesson after PK came, to, you know, after Erica. And at the end, when she was trying to, like, say that and in her confessional, you know, she's going to have to, Denise is going to have to defend Aaron blindly. And it's going to be uncomfortable. If Aaron would have just politely stepped out of the conversation or went and did something else and let the real housewife be on the show and in the circle, then it would have been a different story. But who knows? Who knows? Now, I couldn't stop laughing when she's like, well, we have to get going. We're going to eat steak at a strip club. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> I didn't know they served steak at a strip club. I didn't know the food was served. Am I crazy? No. And I'm not sure I'd even touch chips and queso at a strip club, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it's like... Oh, like, no, thank you. But it's just like such a bizarre thing to say. I do not think she was being a hypocrite by being like, oh, I'm going to a strip club when I don't want you to talk about sexual stuff around my kids. Like she's clear. She draws a very clear line of what she does with Aaron and what she does around her kids. And that's fine. And she just is kind of naive in assuming that her kids won't see stuff and whatever. So, like, it was kind of was so Rinna, though, to, like, run back to the ladies and be like, guess where Denise and Yes. Oh, my going. God. Her <laughs> mouth. And, you know, Rinna was one, actually, way back in the day. And, like, season two and three, when there were rumblings about her coming on at first, I did not want her on the show. And when she first came on, I was not her biggest fan. But I think that she's become such a staple and almost forgivable even though she kind of acts stupid sometimes and does some shady things and talks behind these women's back and they're supposed to be her friend like I I just I can't get enough of Lisa Verna I just don't know what it would be I like, like her, her too I, my, yeah. so my, I realized that my favorite housewives are the ones that laugh at themselves during confessionals that like they make they crack themselves up like there's something yeah. about that energy that I gravitate towards and I appreciate well if you can't laugh at yourself who are you gonna laugh at like literally right. yeah I you know. know I so agree when people I take agree. themselves too seriously or their role too seriously like in the series like oh I'm you know you can't do this without me I'm an OG it's like no just like be like Rinna and laugh at yourself or Stephanie Holman or whoever just like that can't stop laughing during these confessionals that's the best yeah, I the OG syndrome is real, and I'm glad that we're down to three. And well, not counting Potomac and Dallas, but three of the original crew. And I will be curious to see who goes next. I hope I know who I hope goes next. Who? 
Ramona. Yeah. I she feel like we maybe run the course with her. Yeah. Yeah. Her all lives matter bullshit. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> her running uh, around with COVID, traveling yeah. to Florida. <laughs> I was shocked when that came out. I was like, you are so dumb. Like, I saw that, you know, that gif of that person. Um, oh, God. It's the the guy on the street and he's all like you're dumb you're really really fucking dumb do you know what gift i'm talking <laughs> yes. about okay thank you that's she what was... i feel like ramona is well i mean so when they all left new york city except for leah mcsweeney the only yeah. real housewives of new york that stayed in new york during covid during like the Who height of it Who love I her love, by the way but she also like is a true new yorker she was there i mean everyone mm-hmm. else scattered to the winds and i thought Okay, if one in five New Yorkers has this, or one in four, one of these five housewives that scattered (laughs) brought it with them to their vacation home. (laughs) And I was right. I thought that back in in March. I was like, one of them has to have it. Either Luann brought it to the Hamptons or brought it to upstate New York. Ramona maybe brought it to Florida. Maybe Sonia brought it to Palm Springs. I don't know. I just, you know what? I... I wish her well and I hope that she doesn't get sick again and I hope none of them get sick again, but what a dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I want to get into some of the backstories that we saw this episode because I really actually enjoy learning more about what makes these housewives who they are. So hearing about Mm -hmm. Garcelle and how, right. What did you think about that? I, you know, okay, so Garcelle for me is a great addition. I prefer Sutton over Garcelle, but when she's in that element, when she's at home with her kids and that blurb about her dad, mm-hmm. I identify not with the situation because it's not a situation I've ever been in, but when people share their feelings, I like am such an empath. And so like if someone even tears up, I'm feeling the same way and instantly connected. Like, I just love you. Like, let me give you a hug. So yes, I agree that learning what makes these women who they are is is kind of the icing on the cake of watching the debauchery and and the the silliness of it all. And I think that's part of why I enjoy the housewives. You know, I have a, a friend back home from where I'm at in Iowa that kind of gives me shit all the time because I watch Housewives and she watches just my Twitter and she says, I don't know how you watch that shit. It's just a bunch of rich women complaining about their perfect lives. And I'm thinking to myself, you have no idea what you're talking about because that is not at all what the Housewives are. Like That is very true. You know, it's right. just not that. There's so, just, yeah. They're much more complex. And so when Garcelle was saying, you know, her marriage fell apart And she thinks that she tends to be with men who are emotionally unavailable because her father left the family when she was three years old. But then when it went farther and she said, at my father's deathbed, he wrote me a letter and gave it to my mom and my mom misplaced it. And I'll never know what he thought of me, if he was proud of me. Oh, my God. Like the trauma of that is so real. It's so real. And now it makes sense why she's worked so hard with her ex-husband to co-parent in a really positive way. And they're always doing things together with the kids is because Mm -hmm. she cares about not just them having a father figure, but like they're not being that toxic energy in their home. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, 
it's interesting to see that in today's world and actually like just on the show if you compare garcelle and her her story with her ex-husband and how they co-parent versus like camille Grammer and kelsey like it's just so interesting how some people are able to make that type of situation work and some people just are not and i mean ideally you want the kids to be in a position where like they can go to mom and dad mom and dad can spend holidays together at least have a conversation and bye see you later and it's not super like negative but yeah i'm glad that she's been able to to you know find that that way with her ex-husband and you know those those boys are are super funny i think that they're gonna grow they're up to cute. be like models or something like, yeah i <laughs> love know? their like curly hair and the you know they're running around like totally kind of oblivious to the camera like they know the cameras are there but you know running up the banister yeah, yeah they're just being kids yeah, I just I think that's one of uh, one of the other things I enjoy is when uh, a housewife's family, whether it's the mom or whoever, like are able to like be around and it doesn't phase them. You yeah. know, like they're not constantly looking at the camera and like they forget about it. Like you said, it's just it's interesting. I enjoy that more than someone who's constantly aware of their surroundings. Totally. And then we get some background on Dorit and how she had an Italian lover for like 10 oh. years. Only her. Only her. Ten, like, I mean, that's longer than she's been with PK. Well, and what was his name? Um, she oh, said it Antonio. That, Antonio. And the way she said it, I was like, oh my God, that just like, I don't know. I think you're right about Dorit though. She has grown on me. And I it's those moments where she acts crazy and she says something like that and talking in, in what was it, French? No, she was like, in Italian to the guy. Italian. And her Italian like, wasn't terrible. Well, I mean, I don't know Italian, so she could have been saying anything and I would have not known. But it definitely sounded like she knew what she was saying, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just she saw the young man who was Italian and just like was immediately transported to a different part in her life. Yeah, it's like she teleported to Rome or something. <laughs> I wonder if that's where she picked up her accent. <laughs> oh, God almighty. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> She's something else. She is I something else. I do enjoy else. her, though. I do enjoy her. I enjoy the the confessional look that she has with PK, where they both look like, she looks like a Hamburglar. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, yes, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I actually like that double up. I like that double up. I think that that's a fun dynamic. And then last season on Orange County, when the kids were in with the parents, I think it was Shannon's daughters yes. were in with her. I really like that. I think that's a cool, a cool way to shoot the talking heads because I think it just is different. You know, we need some sort of different formatting now. Everything is so much the same and we have to learn to change what we're doing. Otherwise we're going to get bored with these shows. Totally. And um, so that's another podcast. <laughs> one thing I was a little, well, I don't always like seeing all the doctor stuff. I feel like there's been a lot of it on these shows lately, like even on 90 Day Fiance. And I'm just like, I don't want to see you at the doctor. But I, um, so we see Teddy's family getting, you know, with the round with, she's getting the ultrasound. And that was like, what, 10 seconds. And then just moving Smooth. on from her storyline. And Smooth. then we see Kyle accompany Kim to get surgery on her I guess they're taking out her breast implants I think I could probably watch Kim pick her nose and it would be all good <laughs> I would be fine with that I love Kim Richards so much I just don't know what I'd ever do if she wasn't 
a recurring role on the show. I think she brings so much and it brings it back to really like seasons one, two, and three when it was so dramatic and so intense and so good that it's nice to kind of relive those moments as they play the replays. It's just really, I like him. I love her a lot. She is. She had to do that though. Yeah, it was so, she's so like silly. She brings this chaotic energy that like you don't Mm -hmm. know what she's going to say next. And she doesn't have a whole lot of shame, which I was wondering how much of that maybe was alcohol induced before. But when she's at this doctor's office and she just bares her chest and her breasts are just out there and there are all these, you know, folks in the room and she's just like joking around about how, you know, she got too big of breast implants 30 years ago. Like, I feel like she uses humor to deal with the pain. I mean, what what woman, I mean, this keeps happening where like women get breast implants because their partner tells them to or wants bigger boobs. She said she didn't want them. And now one is deflated and like needs to be removed surgically. Oh, the poor woman. Yeah. And I guess obviously, and I, I may be speaking out of turn here because I'm not a woman, the whole indentation, I think that part of it really, I guess, confused me. And I, I got that the, I guess the implant deflated and I left that, that hole. I don't know. I mean, either way, I don't think any man or any person for that matter should pressure anyone into getting anything they don't want to. And I think right. Kim, Kim has, when Kim was not sober in the early seasons, you could tell. I think now she looks so much more beautiful and so much more light and airy. And yeah. whatever she wants to do to make herself healthy and happy, I think is what she should do. Yeah, get those implants out, girl. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like Yolanda. And she took all of that well, metal out. Which... Yolanda's is a different story. Because she's oh, yeah. like trying to find out. She's getting her fillings taken out. Her butt breast implants <laughs> yeah. taken uh. out. You know, trying to find the cause of her chronic Lyme. And it's like, I don't, I mean, great. Do all these things. I don't know if they're going to solve every problem. You no. know? So, <laughs> but then, it, so I was really, I feel very drawn to Kyle in these scenes, which I'm not normally drawn to her. But when she talks about her mom's death and all Mm -hmm. of the anxiety that she had around being in the hospital and the trauma that she has over how her mom handled her death by not saying like, it's okay, this is part of life and kind of preparing her kids. She instead was like, I'm afraid to die And I have so much more to teach you and I don't want this to happen. And that's so traumatizing for, for children to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think that in my own experience, if my mother would have done that, I think that at 24, I would have panicked and I can't imagine it any younger than that. And I think, I mean, I am definitely team Kyle, um, and I never used to be. And I, I agree with you that during these scenes where she allows her emotions to lead mm-hmm. the confessional and she really goes deep, I really, I I feel for her because I think that her mom's death has left some sort of an impact on her that maybe she doesn't even realize. Mm-hmm. I think there may be some unresolved issues and, and anxiety in her. I mean, personally for me, I my anxiety went straight up through the roof after my mom died. So I can only imagine, you know, in her situation, how that affected her life. So do all of us with dead moms have like uncontrollable anxiety disorder? (laughs) 
Dude, I'm telling you, I'm serious. Ever since my mother passed away, she passed away in 2009. And ever since then, my anxiety is just, and I was never an anxious person. I was always very happy, go lucky, whatever. And now if the wind blows, yeah, the wind blows the wrong way, I'm like, oh my God. And so <laughs> I, maybe, I don't know. Let's but start I, a club. Let's start a club. <laughs> call Kyle, tell her, you're the president. You can be the VP and I'll be the treasurer. Ooh, I like this. We can all talk about our traumas. Oh God, what a, what's like <laughs> what horrible thing to talk have, about? Have helped. <laughs> right. I've tried Xanax, you've tried Wellbutrin. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> It's so dark, but I love it. it But I really feel for her in these scenes. And I just like seeing her and Kim get along. It just warms my heart. I don't want them fighting. I'm done with like the sister drama. It's not interesting to me anymore. It's played out. And I feel like they just all need to be there for each other, you know, as sisters. And I like watching it. Now, I I agree. You posted something that I had not seen, which was... Eden Sassoon's nasty oh. ass comment about yeah. him. Do you want to talk about this? I found it today. It was today, right? What did she I, say? She said oh, something Kim, like Kim feels at home when running from the cops. Yeah. Like what the fuck and where did that come from? Well, I think <sighs> that's so rude. And Eden, like as a person in recovery, when she was on the show, was preaching forgiveness and love and light and happiness and whatever like where are you now like why if you're off the show and you had a bad experience and production left you hanging like why do you still have to tame it for everyone else and why do you have to like talk shit about kim richards of everybody like i just i thought that was really rude and that's why i posted it because those little blurbs sometimes people miss them and even i miss something like that yeah i hadn't seen it and it was all because and it was also just so interesting in like after everything that's been going on the last few months with Black Lives Matter and to see Kim and, and Kyle in the car and K- Kyle's so afraid of the cops pulling her over for like not coming to a full stop at a stoplight. Yeah. And it just was like, if you're nervous, can you imagine the experience of like black people in this country? You know, it just it's there's so many situations that have happened, like both post like the coronavirus epidemic, what's going on now, and watching them all hug each other where I like shudder or watching, you know, any sort of mention of police and stuff. It's just interesting in this sort of to look at it through a new lens. So they obviously, as soon as the police um, kind of pass them, then they're like, okay, keep going and just floor. And so when she made that comment, you know, Kim is like feels at home running from the police. That's just nasty going back to her addiction issues and really terrible low moments in her life. Uncalled for, for sure. And it doesn't do, it doesn't do Eden any good to, she can have an opinion, which is fine, but it just doesn't, it's not a cute look for her to come on to social media and make those one-off comments. If she was being active on Twitter and kind of narrating the whole season, right. I maybe wouldn't seem so like out of left field, but I have not seen her really tweet a whole bunch. And so like, why? It's kind of like Camille. Camille comes in and Denise is carrying the show. Like, bitch, no one asked you. Like, I am not Team Camille. And so she could even breathe the wrong direction. And I'm like, 
Like I not, <laughs> but it's the same concept. Like stay out of the business. Like it's not, it's not worth it for you. And it doesn't make you look like the hero or anything. Like, are you doing it to like get some clout? Like no one wants to give you clout anyway. They just seem deeply unhappy. Yeah. Like why? Like I, uh, okay. So I think about this often. Like I <laughs> run this, this housewife's page. Right. And Sometimes the things I post are a little bit shady and sometimes the things I post are like just funny or whatever. And I posted something last, well, I guess it was beginning of this week that I thought about posting and I, I did and I kind of felt bad after and I left it up. But the point is, is that like, there's a certain line. Yes. And you don't cross that line. And it might be a personal choice where that line is, but I would never act like that. And I, it was a shame to see her choose to act that way. You know, it just, ugh, it's just an ugly look. I don't, I don't think that she deserved it. Kim deserved it at all. Yeah. I mean, these housewives have to have very thick skin for the kind oh, of yeah. things that people say about them. And yeah. that's part of the job. But when you come after someone for something that they is out of their control, like, you know, having an addiction, yeah. it's, it seems, you know, they didn't choose to have an addiction. It's not a choice they made. So don't, you know, make it seem that way. I don't know. It just seemed really nasty. Now, some housewives have very thin skin that I've found recently, especially looking at your page, because you posted something. Was it last week or two weeks ago? At Dorinda. No, not Dorinda. Sorry. Deandra. Oh, girl. <laughs> about like you heard that Mike Pence had been at her church and wondered if she had been there without a mask. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) well, to be honest, I was a little bit of a beast to Deandra at the end of last season because I just uh, uh, not trying to get off Beverly Hills because that's what we're going to talk about. No, no, we're on a detour. (laughs) We, (laughs) I do not honestly believe that Deandra Simmons thinks Leah Mocken is a true racist. I think that she probably feels like she has said racially motivated things. And I feel the same. I don't believe Leah Mocken to be a racist. I think what she said was racist, but I think there is a fine line. I don't, I I don't know. Yeah. And And she hasn't done the work to make herself more knowledgeable and that's frustrating well and even for me when you know george floyd was murdered i started looking at my own self and until i realized i made a comment to somebody that this is not america like we do not this is not the america i'm supposed to live in and somebody added me and said this has always been the america for black people like they have to run afraid Mm -hmm. all the time yeah and until then i never really realized of my white privilege like i wasn't trying to like ignore it but I had never really like figured that part out and so yeah back to Deandra she has thin skin and whatever like own it you donate to an anti-gay church yeah yeah so it's this church is very interesting and I find it very interesting that the some housewives and I did mention this on social media you know, are like, oh, yay, gay rights. And they go to pride parades and they bring around their gay bestie. And then they vote for someone who rips apart, you know, protections for LGBTQ people in the healthcare system. I mean, Uh you can't, you can't say that you truly are an ally when you do something like that. And Mike Pence is one of the most notoriously homophobic public servants in our country. And so Mm -hmm. to have, if your church invites him, 
if you're called out like, hey, don't you belong to this church? If you don't believe what he believes, say it. Yeah, that's it. And it, I wasn't looking for a reaction, actually. No, you were just and, posting someone else's observation. Right. And, and so I think that, you know, I don't know Deandra personally. I have met her once at a watch party back in Dallas for season three, and she was lovely then. Um, I don't know her personally, so I don't know her values. However, I think this president and this administration has allowed all of us to see each other, whether you are on the right and you're seeing someone who you thought was more in line with your right values be on the left and more liberal or vice versa. It has allowed us to figure out and, and see who is on our side and who's not. And we have had to, at least for me, I've had to rearrange my relationships with these people and people that I thought I could welcome in and really confide in and be close to, I've had to put at a distance because of that very fact, you know, the whole love the sinner, hate the sin thing for me, for me doesn't work. Like love all of me or love none of me. That's kind of how I feel. So. Uh, Preach. (laughs) I mean, here we go. But I just couldn't get over how freaked out she was at this comment and then just kept going and sending this friend who's gay to defend her. And you have no idea what she is like. And it's like, this is nothing to do with whether or not she has gay friends. It's if Mm -hmm. you are an ally or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think the the biggest thing I took from that was that there are some people that just cannot take the heat, like take the truth, you know, and unfortunately that sucks. Although I will say that whole thing happened. And then I found that, did you see the meme I posted after that of the fight between Deandra and Cameron? that I posted. It said, this is actual footage of me and Deandra after she just blocked me. I'll send it to you. It's (laughs) hilarious. I posted it right after and it was perfect. Oh my God. It was the most perfect meme I've ever made for a very moment like that. Love it. Love your memes. Okay. So getting back on track with Beverly Hills. So we've seen a ton of doctor's appointments. We see Erica and Rinna do something like M-sculpt. Um, They talk about Roxy Hart. And then this gave me the most lulls of the whole episode, which is Erica jokes, my next husband is a plastic surgeon. Are you available? And then she's like, Uh just kidding. And then they show a side by side of Tom Girardi and this plastic surgeon. And they're both like old and bald and rich. And she's like, this is my type. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean... At least she's aware and and knows that. And at least she got the joke. You know, Erica is one that I feel like is never is never quick to be too serious. I don't think she takes herself too too, too seriously. So I'm glad that she was able to take that and make that moment. Like, that's a good housewife when you can realize, okay, something just laid out. Let me be a little bit self-deprecating and take it and go. It was so funny. I was laughing so hard. It was. And they actually looked alike. I know, I know. Like, it was like, they could be like father-son. Yeah. A lawyer and a surgeon. Like, what could be better? Too bad Erica doesn't have a daughter. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been even crazier. Oh, my God. So funny. The whole thing was so funny. 
Um, I also laughed a lot when Lisa was parading in her dress down the street when her and Sutton were at some shop and she had the super fancy dress and it was so fabulous that she just walked outside and people are taking photos who are, you know, dining nearby and she loves the paparazzi. She's, she was working it. (laughs) I feel like to be that free with yourself, like her dance videos, she gets no fucks. And to be that free with yourself and allow yourself to be that vulnerable to any and all criticism, praise, like she just literally does not care about anything. Like she will do anything, literally. And I love Lisa Renna. I really do. I think she's one of the best additions to any Housewife franchise ever. I I love her also. I was laughing so hard. So then they get to Sutton's trunk show. Um, it was beautiful. Like the venue was. was pretty. She can throw the a food. party. The food. I mean, it looks so good. <laughs> trays for days. I mean, you know, and they've the the ladies actually seem to be eating a little more this season, which is nice mm-hmm. to see. And, uh, you know, Denise brings along Aaron as backup. And she, of course, uses the excuse, like, oh, we have a dinner after this. And Dorit wants to actually tell Denise, like, you know what? Don't use your husband for backup because it always backfires. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then Denise leaves to go to the bathroom. Listen, that's where it went south, went left, went down for the count. And <laughs> I... This, for me, again, kind of like we talked about earlier, like, I think that had Aaron said, okay, I apologize for the tone in my voice. I was trying to protect my wife and have her back. I did not mean to offend you. All of this would be solved. Washed, done. Denise says, yes, it did upset me. It offended me. Own it. Move on. But no, he decided to be a bit. Like, confrontational. Yeah, so unnecessary. Yeah, he just puffs up and he's just like, you know, I didn't say you were bad people. It's open to interpretation. And Erica's like, you talked down to us and asked us if we were okay with ourselves when we looked in the mirror. He's like, are you? She said, yes. And he's like, well, then great. You solved that problem. Like, so unnecessarily dickish. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) condescending for sure. Like, ridiculous. You know, he's a dick. You're right. Oh, I can't. It's not just that he's a dick. It's that he's a dick and he's promoting things that I think are harmful. He promotes Mm -hmm. conspiracy theories. He talks about things as if he he has like an inflated sense of self and what he can do and his gifts. He seems to I mean, when he said that something about like viruses and bacteria, um, cancer is a way of preventing you from being killed by viruses and bacteria i just the hair on my neck just when i was like this something is wrong with this man very wrong i no i just uh, if you know it all you don't need to say you know it all exactly just like if you're very wealthy you don't need to show it all off yeah no yeah no i if i had five million dollars in the bank no bitch would know that I have that much money because no one's coming for me for a favor. No one's coming for me to do anything. <laughs> like if I know it all, I'm going to keep it a secret and pretend that I don't know it all. But then when I need to pull it out, I can. I just don't like him. I don't like officially. him. But also the the mark of a true intelligent person is someone that's always asking questions because they're, they know there's always more to learn. 
Mm-hmm. That's what frustrates me. When you act like you're so smart and you know everything, that proves you're not smart because there is no way to know everything. There is so much that is unknown. So yeah. that's just, I'll get off my soapbox. Well, I mean, no, I enjoy being on the soapbox and I feel the same, <laughs> yeah. which is why I don't appreciate the president. I don't appreciate anyone else around him either. <laughs> I'm trying to prepare myself mentally for the pseudoscience that's going to be thrown our way when Potomac airs because Monique... Oh. Dude. Is, she's going she is so far gone on her mm, conspiracy theories I that i don't it. know I how to it. i don't know how i mean is she gonna make me team candace <laughs> like, that's okay time out so that's my problem candace also has me blocked on my personal shit because i made a meme shortly <laughs> after the dragging happened and all that shit went down and she blocked me told me i was on monique's payroll call it a day whatever and I've been <laughs> firmly team Monique. But yeah, we can't be playing with conspiracy theories. QAnon no. bullshit. Like, get out of here. Get like, out and if you of are here. into that, please keep it quiet. Like, please keep it quiet because I'm in the same boat you. Like, am I going to have to go back to Team Candace now? And I really don't like Candace. I really don't. I think she's a crybaby. I really don't want to have to stand her. And I really like Monique. And. I guess it's just a part of trying to respect people where they're at. And, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting. So eventually Denise and Aaron kind of storm out and Dorit follows them and is, you know, trying to get them to realize that, hey, you know, um, well, it basically points out that you can't say that you're not upset, but then storm away. Like your your words and your actions don't line up. And Denise was like, well, we want to leave because there's paparazzi here. And I'm like, where is their paparazzi? Who is following Aaron? There is cameras following them because you're on a fucking reality show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like, and if you ever notice how it's shot, like there are cameras that are filming, not directly on you. Like they are clearly across the room and clearly down the road, like to get the shots they need for the scene like I don't know I just uh. I mean it's wild it's wild I but I also want to know more about these conspiracy theories like let's rip you apart Aaron tell us exactly who for what you've got on pharma well like do you would you believe it anyway though really like I don't think I could believe believe what he was saying anything but I want to know like so where's you know do you have a coronavirus vaccine yeah. <laughs> is it in your back pocket? Are there some <laughs> crystals you can give me <laughs> to oh, ward it off? <laughs> and I'm all about holistic treatment and things that are different and not general Western medicine. I think a lot of that's good. Sure. I am on the essential oil trade just like Monique is. However, like science has to be at least a part of that. Like, and there needs to be a clear definition of why it is helpful and or harmful. I just, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Do you think it's big pharma? Do you think that that's what he's involved with? And like, that's who's following him. I think he has, um, like a paranoid personality problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to get out the DSM five. I am not qualified, but there's something deeply wrong. (laughs) 
Like, if I mean, you think that a multi-billion dollar or trillion dollar company like Johnson & Johnson or Merck or one of these big pharma, if you think they have people trailing you because you use sonars and whatever, you know, crystals, like, are you kidding me? You think they're going to be on to you? And if you have treatments for cancer, why the hell are you keeping them to yourself? Or is it only yeah. for rich L.A. people? Like, it's yeah, one no, or the other. Either them. you can cure cancer or you're a scammer. Oh. I would probably go with the latter at this point so I see a little <laughs> bit more evidence. Oh, God. I hate ah! stupid people. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And I like Denise. I find her enjoyable. I think she's funny. Um, but I do not believe that she is this easy, breezy girl that she portrays on film. She's an actress. She's exactly. a total actress. And I... I think that she's a lot more uptight than what she wants everyone to believe. And I think that things probably bother her a lot more than she allows anyone, whether it's Aaron pissing her off and doing something or the kids, like she probably just shoves it all down and like gets real mad and just deals with it that way. Like I am not that way. Like I would rather like release it and let it go and like, hallelujah, like let's move on. But she's obviously not that way. She is not. Uh, Sutton's boyfriend Michael seems pretty funny. He was. Oh my god, I love her. <laughs> I love her. Wait, tell me what you love so much about Sutton because I've been kind of confused about her. Well, I was confused at, at first. I think the thing that sold me was just the general. I I don't know if this is the right way to put it. Like the southern no bullshit, I just want to have fun type thing. I think that her comment to Teddy was incredibly rude. I think that the first month and a half, maybe, it was hard for me to kind of read her. I just, I think she gives a lot more to the group than Garcelle does. I think Garcelle is a really good solo housewife, like a solo scene, and I think that yeah. We haven't Sutton seen her really... with the group. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, I think that Sutton gives really good group scenes. And we haven't really seen a solo Sutton scene, except for that time she was with Kyle with, before they were going to Teddy's thing over there at the resort. And maybe that's planned. I don't know. I mean, I just, I think that I like her. I like Sutton a lot more than I like a lot of new housewives. Um, I think that it, it takes a lot for me to sell me on a housewife the first season. Because you never really know. It's like they get in there, they get their feet wet. They just really don't know. It's kind of like Bronwyn. Mm -hmm. Like she is social justice queen. And for that, I love her. I don't know how I'll care for her this season, this next season, because it's only her second season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, I, I think, honestly, if I was going to pick Sutton or Garcelle for a second season, I would probably pick Sutton. Oh, I really like Garcelle. I just want to see her with the group. And I wonder if she signed the contract, like after... She had already had all these other commitments, you know, with her filming and everything. And so I'm hoping that a second season with Garcelle, she'll clear her schedule a little bit more for the housewives. I'm sure they'll tell her to, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably like similar to the doctor that's coming on to Dallas. Like, I can't imagine that she probably has a ton of time to film. So I, I'll be curious to see how that goes. And I actually wonder and... 
I, I hope not because I think Garcelle is probably a really great person, but I wonder if she kind of has a complex, like I'm an actress, like this is like a side gig type Got deal. It. Yeah. Well, I think Denise kind of has been acting that way. Yeah. I don't care that you were in wild things, girl. I don't care about any of that. Like be all in and be present. I think that's when she, nothing bothers me more when a housewife walks away from this, a situation, nothing. And right. like, LVP last year, oh, if she just would have owned her shit and said, yes, I said it, and yes, I did it, I would have never disliked Lisa Vanderpump ever. But that's a, a, like a true sign of narcissism is just being, yes. I mean, we see even on the preview for uh, the Luann situation with Sonia, where Sonia is confronting Luann about not getting paid for the cabaret, and Luann freaks out and walks away. It's like, don't walk away. Well, like Luann this season for me has actually been like, okay, last season she was horrible. Like, (laughs) oh, I couldn't deal with her last season. This season, she's actually been quite refreshing. And yeah, like I just, why can't you just say, yes, I am not going to pay you as much because you're not a Broadway star and or if you want to be in it, be in it. If not, don't. Like it doesn't need to be that serious. And I feel like these women think they're more grandiose than they really are like mm-hmm. i would never pay to go see a cabaret from luann oh i did I just wouldn't. <laughs> it was, okay was it was it good though no but the camaraderie was incredible so all the people who were sitting around us it was everyone was having such a good time everyone was like in on the joke um and there was a lot of laughs so it was the experience. It was the experience. It wasn't watching yeah. her sing, you know, yeah. but she was I mean, in she, on she the jokes too. And, you know, she was letting questions from the audience and everyone's, you know, wildly drunk and people have the hilarious outfits on. And it was great. It was great. Okay. It was a fun experience. I don't think I would do it again. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like Luann that much to do that. I just I like finding other Housewives fans in Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, my God. A bird. A bird. I know people can't see me, but a bird just hit the window, the patio door. And I know oh, no. you could see me, so I needed to explain myself when I just flinched. That was so well, scary. Hopefully it didn't fall down. Hopefully it, it just... flew away. It flew it away. Flew good. Away. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, where can everyone find you? Okay. So on... Um, Instagram, you can find me at Real Reality Homosexual, um, and on Twitter at Real Reality Homosexual, um, and I definitely have a lot to say on both of those both of those spots. And I I think that following me is kind of a joy. And I just hit two thousand followers actually. Nice. Yeah, I never post like when you're in like the the ten or the twenty because I feel like you can lose followers like in a day. Yeah. So I'll wait a little bit, but my birthday is on Monday. So follow me as my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to be 36. Like we're closer to 40 now. Hey, it's a great age. Um, In Judaism, it's double high, which means so 18 stands for life. Um, cause the, the, the word life is, is chet yud is means. So anyways, when you take a letter in Hebrew, every letter corresponds to a number. And so okay. the word life corresponds to 18 and oh. 18 times two is 36. 36. 
Yeah. Oh my God, my husband is Jewish. He'll love that I just got that lesson. Yeah, tell him that you're turning double high. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be like, how do you know that? (laughs) How funny. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, thank you so much for being on. I love this hearing super from fun. you. This is so fun. I love chatting housewives with people. Oh my God. It's I could do it for hours and hours and hours. Well, we'll so, have to anytime. have you on again. Yes, for sure. Hi, everyone. I am here with Essence, who has been listening to this podcast for Oh my God, the last like two and a half years, I feel like you're one of the first listeners I've ever had. And we've been chatting on Instagram and I was like, you need to come on and share your thoughts on The Real Housewives of New York as a New Yorker, but also would love to hear your other thoughts on Bravo. So welcome, Essence. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we were just chit-chatting offline and I was like we need to start recording because you're spitting some truth here so wanted to just like right off the bat we were just having a great conversation about how Bravo has been responding or not responding to the Black Lives Matter movement and I was telling you that it just seems so bizarre to me that the casts are still segregated by race so much and how I would like to see more diversity in general. And you were talking about the first few seasons of Atlanta. Right. And they have uh, Kim, now Kim Zolciak and Lisa Wu. And I felt like that was a really good, I mean, it wasn't entirely representative of the Atlanta scene, but it was, it was nice to see different faces and even watching as a black woman, I never felt when I watch TV, even if it's like Beverly Hills or Atlanta, I watch it for the women, not necessarily because they look like me. Right. So I kind of look at it objectively and that's what I enjoyed about Atlanta in earlier seasons. And even now with, Beverly Hills like I'm drawn in because of Garcelle and the flavor that she's bringing and I I enjoy it like I enjoy a mix of women because that's how I grew up I grew up in New York where you see a mix of different people right and that's that's just what I'm used to seeing so when it's like Potomac I have a hard time with because that's not how I grew up yeah you know like I have a black family but also being in New York, you see different types of people. And I, I just don't like seeing, this might be like um, an unpopular opinion, but I don't like seeing black women fighting. I don't, I don't like it. I, it really, it, I get like a knot in my stomach. Like I, I don't like it. Right. No, I get it. I feel like, cause there's a narrative of like the angry black woman Right. Right. And you don't want to see anything in pop culture contribute to that narrative. Like, I'm I'm Jewish. Right. So whenever there is a big scandal involving money and it's someone who's Jewish, my heart sinks. Right. Like, no, no. no. Like, this will just keep, like, you know, the conspiracy theorists gone wild, you know. And it's like, so I feel that there's so much more that these women can bring and just the fighting and that, 
and I did have a problem with Potomac. I watched the first two seasons because I, Katie, like, she's another, she's a wild card. And <laughs> I really thought that she brought something different yeah. to the show. But she wasn't as, like, she wanted to come off as, like, this society girl, but she was really just crazy. Yeah. Like, she was just unhinged, and I liked that. So when she left, it was just, like, then they were just bickering amongst each other and I was just like this is not enjoyable I also feel like maybe you're pinpointing like the focusing on the bickering where I feel like I've learned so many lessons from these women really yeah I know maybe that's just what I I mean I don't know you it's what you see I've learned so much about Robin's journey with her background and genetics where she found out she was like more than 50 percent white but she was raised as a black woman and what that means you know, and and just like thinking of what leads someone to be mixed race when women didn't have choice uh, over their own bodies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Giselle put it very bluntly last season when they visited a plantation on their trip down to Louisiana. And she was like, I have green eyes because my ancestors were raped right. like by slave owners. And people always comment on how beautiful my eyes are. But what made them this, you know, like this is is not beautiful at all. So it's just things that you don't think about that often, especially, you know, if you're like me and, and you're white, you don't, you just don't think about those things. And I always think of Giselle, just how beautiful she is. It's, she's just so shockingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I thought that those things that I feel like I get from Potomac, in addition to Karen Huger, who is one of my all-time favorite housewives, hands down, I find her to be (laughs) so funny. (laughs) The grand dame. The grand dame. And the thing is, too, is because I went to public school up until ninth grade in New York. So there was mostly um, Black and maybe some of the Latin community, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't talk about this, but there's also like colorism within the black community where it's the lighter you are, the you're perceived as better. Mm-hmm. So with someone like Robin and Giselle, they were probably always told that they're beautiful, right? Because they have the light eyes and the lighter skin, whereas someone maybe my tone or darker we're not always seen as desirable or you know I think maybe that's why I have a kind of an issue with the fighting because I always have viewed Giselle as like a mean girl Mm -hmm. and I went to school with girls like that yeah who because they were always told they're so pretty they were just kind of automatically just bitchy yeah towards other girls and so maybe that's something within myself that I need to work no, on. No, because I feel like that is a big issue in general. It's, mm-hmm. you know, even within the white community, it's like the more tan, more you tan, the more beautiful you are. If you're just like the most pale ever, it's supposed to be not great. So everyone encourages you to tan and you self-tanner and it's just bizarre. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. It's like you know, so... But it's obviously has a lot more um, deep roots 
within the black community over mm-hmm. why it's considered more beautiful to have lighter skin. Right. So I feel like they address some of these things and they do in Atlanta as well. I remember they did the, I think it was season one or season two with Katie and she made a remark saying, because she's biracial because her dad was Jewish and her mom is black. Mm-hmm. But when you look at her, you, you just see a black woman. Whereas Robin, I mean, her DNA came out later, but um, she claims to be a black woman. And Katie, she, I forgot exactly what she said, but she said, but just because I don't look like you does not mean I'm not any less of, um, oh my gosh, I'm like butchering her words. But basically she was saying just because, you know, looking at me, I don't look biracial doesn't mean that I'm not. Whereas you want, you kind of. Her identity was biracial, whereas Robin's identity was black. Right. Yeah. But looking at them. There's a difference, but looking at them, it was hard to, you know, because identity isn't just genetics. It's also how you were raised, you know? So yeah, I found it to be really interesting um, just in general. I really, really wish we could get some more diversity on the Real Housewives of New York cast. Oh, we need it. I don't understand why. Because, so my background, I went to public school up until ninth grade. And then from ninth grade, like for high school, I went to private school mm-hmm. in New York City. And there are wealthy black families. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Um, if we're going to have to watch rich women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have a lot more diverse rich women here. I mean, it's funny. They don't even have, aside from Jill Zarin, like a, they haven't had like a prominent Jew on the show. I guess Jules Weinstein, she was half Asian, half Jewish. She Uh didn't really pan out so well as a character. But there's a lot of Jews in New York. And it's like. Well, Bethany. Oh, I always forget that. I always forget that. Because she never she, likes, because she's always like into Christmas. So I just forget right, that right. she she's <laughs> Okay, that's on me for forgetting. Um, but, you know, there's so many Asian women and Latina women. And, you know, it's just like. There's so many. There's so many. So and I'd love to see that. And I think maybe because originally, I mean, I've, I've watched every season, you know, probably more times than I could count. And it's probably because Jill's friend group was not, like, it was just that central, you know, Ramona, Luann, like, initially. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that they branch out. Like, even I heard um, they're thinking about bringing on Leah's friends, who are, like, the downtown crew. And yeah. she also has black friends and different, you know, it's a mixed group with Leah. So hopefully... She's able to bring on one of her friends. Do you think that, and we'll get into this episode of Real Houses of New York, but do you think that Ramona is kind of on the way out? Another unpopular opinion. I hope not. <laughs> no, I don't think that's but unpopular. People love Ramona on, for the I show. I like her. I, I like her on the show. I don't like how she treats her friends. Um, we can talk about that later. But... <laughs> I feel like this is the Ramona takedown season. Like yeah. just watching um, Thursday's episode and last week's episode. Um, I really, I hope she's not. And I, I don't feel that she is, but you never know. A problem. 
So some of the background that I only recently seem to have read is that Ramona was trying to get Leah off the show. And I think I heard that. I heard that and I so I think that the women were like, How dare you act as if this is your show? Mm-hmm. This is not okay. You are not more important than everyone else and you don't get to pick and choose. So right. we're gonna expose you for the kind of fraud that you are. Which that's I sort of see, what I'm seeing. I can see that because that's the edit that she's getting. You know, it's like they're kind of poking holes in everything that she's saying and doing and but everything she said and did beforehand had holes in it as well. I know. She's, she hasn't changed. She over, hasn't changed. The world has seasons. changed. <laughs> yeah. But let's, she's well, been let's the get same in. Ramona. Let's get into this week's episode. So it's the day after the Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh. And Leah's confessional look looks like it's from a Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of her? I didn't even know what to describe it as. I saw, so she posted um, a picture of the outfit on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, why is she wearing that? But I guess she was <laughs> filming her confessional wearing that outfit. But it was just like, is this what she does? Like when she's not like, in her free time, she just like dresses up in these weird outfits. And I, it was a look. So I mean, she's, she has people talking about it, um, but it was just bizarre. It was just the colors. It looked like one of those um, those lamps from the seventies that has like I don't know, I forget what they're like called. a lava lamp. Yes, where it has like the different <laughs> colors <laughs> mixing around and it had the, the gloves. And I was like, what is she doing? What is she doing? Lava lamps. I haven't heard. I haven't thought about them in a long time. I used to work at a place where someone really hated having meetings and he thought that they didn't really, people called for meetings when they could be emails. And Mm -hmm. so he would bring a lava lamp to meetings and he would plug it in. And he said, Mm -hmm. by the time it started like working with the bubbles, Mm -hmm. we had to have gotten down to what we were supposed to discuss at the meeting and make decisions or he would just leave. So, (laughs) (laughs) so arrogant, but very Mm -hmm. funny. Anyways, so Elise and Sonia get together after the day after this like wild Halloween party and Leah looks uh, or Leah's with Ramona and Luann. So it's kind of like these two groups. So Mm -hmm. we hear Elise talk about what happened after kind of filming ended. So Ramona leaves the party. She's really upset. She's apparently crying. And she goes to Omar's and Elise follows her there. And when she gets there, Ramona tells her, you can't sit here. You have to leave. I'm just here with my girlfriends. And so Elise is very upset about this. Um, And then (laughs) she brings up that uh, Ramona and Elise were hanging out in the Hamptons earlier in the summer. And Ramona was pretty inappropriate with Elise's husband. So she wore like a very skimpy bathing suit and then offered him a massage all in front of Elise, which just sounds just so Ramona. Classic Ramona. What do you think of all of that? See, this is when I said I don't like how she treats her friends because um, I don't know if it was last week's episode or this week where Elise said that Ramona calls her like crying and basically pours her heart out to her on the phone. But then 
I guess when they're filming, Ramona acts like she doesn't know her. It's just it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. And they they were actually really good friends. So I don't know why I don't know why Ramona does this where she's like she pretends she doesn't know her. And it's very odd. It's like she doesn't think that she should be seen with Elise or something, and then she won't acknowledge that Elise is a better friend to her than all these other people that she's friends with. It's like, like she's why <laughs> it's still like, she'll call her basically she'll call her at night and cry on the phone and then when they're filming Ramona and Elise like don't even talk like I I, I don't get I don't understand and why or, is Elise okay with it right like, if someone if one of my friends was acting re- really inappropriately flirty with my husband I would not be happy and I would say oh, no. something and I wouldn't just let it go and then months later bring it up to a mutual friend of ours. Or maybe Elise, she's used to Elise being passive. I think. And yeah. now that she's kind of talking with Sonia and talking like kind of amongst the group about Ramona, Ramona's just like, well, I'm done here, you know? Yeah. Well, then Ramona and Leah and Luann are then shopping and they discussed how Dorinda's toast was very mean, which it was. It was not nice. You know, Dorinda can be very vicious. And I thought this was like so insightful from Ramona to say, you know, I think Dorinda is mourning her husband for the first time. Her husband died seven years ago and she immediately got with John after that and she never fully mourned her, him. And we see later on in the Berkshires that she never even went through her husband's things. She just moved them all to the basement. And then when Mm -hmm. the house flooded, she was forced to get rid of his stuff because it was ruined from the water, but that he didn't go, she didn't go through it. So it's, it's clear that she hasn't really mourned it. And so she said, I think she's in a lot of pain and she went crazy on me. Like she went crazy on Tinsley, Mm -hmm. which is, is very true. So yeah, it's interesting that Ramona is insightful in that way. I think she was just lucky because <laughs> Ramona is not usually so insightful, but she just happened to hit this one on the mark. Like, maybe, yes, Jordan is mourning and she has to deal. She All of these feelings that she's literally tried to keep in the basement have flooded to the top and such a good metaphor it's so true because she keeps them deep down in her right and then they're just boiling over right and so yeah Ramona she one point for Ramona for being (laughs) (laughs) empathetic sympathetic having feelings you know but then like just with the drop of a hat she switches when Leah's like well I actually think that Dorinda's mad at you for the Larry Scott situation you guys dragged her them to Larry Scott for a photo op so you could get a free party and then you know Ramona's like maybe they're upset because no one's throwing them a birthday party (laughs) maybe they're upset because they don't have 50 friends I don't know (laughs) so yeah and Luann, like not missing a beat, was like, she's like, well, I don't think anyone has any more girlfriends than you, like says it sarcastically. And Ramona's like, I know. And I'm very fortunate. <laughs> it's just like, how on earth? You know, like, how is someone so delusional? Well, that's Ramona. That is Ramona. That is. <laughs> 
So we get to the Berkshires. Thoughts on the decor? I thought it looked brighter. Yeah, I think she added in more color. And the one room, I think it was the old fish room, had the beautiful wallpaper. Yeah, with the blue. Right, and the gold. And it was, I liked it. I I thought it looked brighter, more welcoming as before. It was just kind of just dark. And I, I don't know. Just like she said, it had like getting rid of all the stuff brought like a, a lighter energy to the house. And it, it really looked like that. It is a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it has two staircases. I didn't know that. Because uh-huh. it has the one that leads down to the kitchen. Uh-huh. And then it has the main staircase. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, that's a nice house. This is it's a beautiful, beautiful home. So Sonia and Lee arrive together and Ramona and Luann arrive together and then Elise arrives. So uh, they talk about Dorinda's anger issues on the way up, uh, Luann and Ramona. And Elise is so upset about what happened with at Omar's that she posts a picture of herself on Instagram with the caption, it's all fun and games until someone pisses me off. And Ramona either blocks her or unfollows her. <laughs> that was a whole, it's like seeing these grown women talk about social media is, is, is like, I don't even know. But I feel like this was sort of the redemption of Elise because we've all been wondering, you know, Ryan Bailey asks if she's a ghost because we're oh not quite gosh. sure if she's really there or not, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and and she hasn't given much to the show. She's just kind of there. And now she's actually in the scenes and she's getting in the mix of it. I think it's another Barbara situation where she's kind of waiting, you know, to be tagged in where like Barbara was waiting for Luann to kind of not welcome her, but create like that create space like right. create space for her within the group and within moments right to say oh barbara come look at this or what do you think barbara or things like that whereas ramona's kind of doing the same thing she's not inviting her in to the scenes and even at the club at omar's she wouldn't let her sit with her so it's just it's just weird like the dynamic it is so bizarre so um Sonia is also just very angry with Ramona for Ramona treating Sonia like crap. I mean, this has been going, I mean, this has been going on for years and years and years, but it was quite funny that Sonia was like, Hey, I'm getting ready for a five or six car pileup. (laughs) And I'm only going to come put out the fire, you know, (laughs) when it's a certain, you know, it's like, Oh dear, what is about to happen? And Elise shows up and tries to talk to Ramona, and it doesn't go very well. And so Ramona's so funny. She's like, I want to have a a conversation with you privately. She's like, one thing. Well, this is the first time I'm doing this. But when I have a conflict with a girlfriend, I like to discuss it one-on-one. I don't do it with other people. And it's like, but you said you've never done this. This is the first time you're doing this. So it's not like you always discuss things (laughs) one-on-one. She didn't discuss any. She usually runs away and then shuts down the conversation, and that's it. Right. Like it's, it's up for the other person to either forgive her or move on yeah. without really resolving anything. Yeah, she doesn't want to resolve things. 
So Leah points out like the very obvious, which is you can't speak the truth to Ramona or or to Dorinda also, because Dorinda does the same thing. She freaks out Mm -hmm. and she doesn't run away, but she will berate you until you run away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, and Leah's like, well, you can't speak the truth to them or you'll get your head chopped off. And she said, kind of like in a communist regime. Mm hmm. And Luann's defending Ramona. Like, I know Ramona's far from perfect, but the Halloween toast felt really dark and crazy. And Sonia's like, you're defending the devil. To see these dynamics change. I mean, what did you think? Which couch would you have been on? Probably Leah and Sonia's. And making the same facial expressions Leah was making. Oh, they were incredible. was just like on the floor the entire time. It's just, I mean, I don't, to me, it feels petty because they don't want to acknowledge like their own wrongdoings. Yeah. Where Dorinda's toast was very mean and nasty. Like she should have pulled Ramona to the side, talk to her or even talk to her another day about it. Not, you know, to kind of embarrass her in front of a, a room full of people that Ramona didn't know. And Ramona's behavior towards them also needs to be addressed. And Ramona mm-hmm. needs to realize that her actions are really affecting her friends. Like they, I think it's that they view themselves as Ramona's really good friends. But Ramona, I think, only views them as friends for the show. Yep. Even though she's known them for 20 plus years. Well, she was good friends with Dorinda before Dorinda was on the show. Ramona brought Dorinda on the show. Mm-hmm. So they were real friends prior to all of this. So it's just, and you're so, right, yeah. though. She does kind of draw a line at, like, the, you're my coworkers. I do this for work. But right. my real friends are my, like, Hamptons friends. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very interesting. I mean, I can kind of see that because maybe she doesn't want things that, to get out mm-hmm. that she doesn't want out. So she's really tight-lipped on, I guess, what she talks to them about. Kind of like with Elise, where Elise was her shoulder to cry on. And now that Elise is on the show, she's probably pulled back on things that she shares with her and like those private conversations she doesn't want out. Got it. So she's like, I don't want you to bring this up during filming, so I'm not going to talk to you about it. And But... <sighs> I just don't think of Ramona as like, oh, having boundaries over what she talks about or doesn't talk about. That's true. She kind of blurted out herself. Right. (laughs) There's nothing that she that's so, you know, that she's uncomfortable with, you know, but it's just very bizarre. So Ramona's fighting with Elise and kind of gaslighting her into thinking that she's not one of her true close friends when she very much is. Mm -hmm. And then the ladies rehash all their old grievances with Ramona, every issue that they've had. And eventually they give her a break and laugh and acknowledge it's just who she is. And Dorinda hopes that maybe she'll think twice before crossing her again. Um, and, and then everyone has a great time. And when they're laughing and having fun, it's so fun to watch them, mm-hmm. you know. And then Ramona and Dorinda have this heart to heart. 
with the fire and they're talking about, you know, dating and how they're strong, wealthy, independent women who intimidate men and it's hard for them and whatever. And then <laughs> then they're just being silly and everyone Sony's dancing around who is the best ass, you know, and she's joking. And then the tables turn against Luann. And this I was not expecting, aside from the previews, because Luann was acting so cool and so chill and fun. And then she just loses it when, so Sonia's going to be in Luann's cabaret show. By the way, have you seen this cabaret show? I have not. I want to, um, but I have not. I wish I, I had. I saw it in <laughs> D.C. It's something else. Um <laughs> I don't know if I would recommend spending money on it. I think it would have been more fun had I gone like in L.A. when it was the very kind of beginning where uh, it was just a little bit more organic and mm-hmm. everyone who's there was just a huge fan, which is what it was like when I saw it, too. Everyone's just a big fan. But um, Luann had gotten such a big head about the cabaret show and no one's really there to see cabaret they just kind of want to be together and celebrate the craziness that is the real housewives right. as opposed to like we want to see, you know, these Broadway stars. Like it doesn't, you know, you go to Broadway to see Broadway stars. <laughs> That's the only reason why I would go. I think I would go more so for the atmosphere than totally. for the actual show. Totally. <laughs> I feel like it's fun. Even if you go alone, it's probably so much fun just sitting in the audience with other Roni fans and I feel like that's more fun than the actual show. It is. That's exactly how I feel about it. And so it was just so funny that so if Sonia would be on the show, which, you know, Sonia, they're so they have such a good comedic like duo together, Luann mm-hmm. and Sonia. And, you know, Luann knows this and Sonia knows this. But it turns out she only offered Sonia two hundred and twenty five dollars. For, for doing a show, which doesn't even cover hair and makeup, is what Sonia points out for the show. And, you know, it, it's kind of offensive, you know, to ask your friend to do something that is work and then mm-hmm. not pay them for their time doing that work. And so Sonia doesn't speak up for herself much. So the other women really do. And, you know, they're like, hey, are you going to pay her? Are you going to pay her? And Luann I haven't seen her lose her mind like this and since before Bethany went <laughs> went after her. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just goes, she storms off. I have my own cabaret show. I tried to include you and you made me feel bad about it. It's like, you're a bitch. Like, she thinks she's going to be the star of my show. I mean, it's wild. Wild. <laughs> Oh my God, it's it's crazy. And then Dorinda points out Luann, like you're picking on her and she's weak and you're forgetting that she stood by you during your sobriety journey and everything. Now, what do you make of Luann's meltdown? Hmm. Well, she had been drinking along with the other women. And so this is like the first kind of like all day drinking that she's done with them. Yeah, I guess I guess she didn't get as okay. wild with in earlier scenes this season. No, she did have a glass of wine in the Hamptons, which she quickly tried to you know, put down. Yeah. Um, but as far as just like letting loose and having you know drinking on camera, this is I think the first that we're seeing. And I just think that 
you know, the alcohol plus everything that she's been through, I feel like Cabaret is just so, like, near and dear to her heart that anytime anyone, like, she feels like it's an attack on it, mm-hmm. like, where it's just, like, maybe a criticism, um, but she just, it, she just, like, exploded. It was just, like, Sonya was attacking the Cabaret and attacking her, and when Sonya did have a point, the 200, I didn't, I honestly thought that Sonya wasn't getting paid and that she was just doing it, you know, as a favor. So even like, that's still like 225. But if Luann is making a lot of money off of this, right? And if she's paying the other people who are in the show, why not pay Sonya? Like people are coming more to see Sonya Mm -hmm. than to see the Broadway folks or the, the, she said that the top Broadway person, this top, you know, like, you know, comics. And that's not true. Like the comic wasn't that great. The Broadway guy was really good who I saw, but there are many really good people on Broadway. And the joy of watching the show would be to see her and Sonia, not to see mm-hmm. all these others, you know? <laughs> so it just, oh, it just was like, these women are all such narcissists. They are. <laughs> so and I don't ridiculous. think that Sonia and her team, or maybe... Because I think that Luann kind of uses the fact that Sonia is her friend as the reason why she doesn't yeah. want to pay her much more than the $225. And I think that Sonia, on the other hand, needs, if she can't be strong enough to say, you know, Luann, like, I want more, then maybe she has needs someone to manage that part. Right. Well, her kind of leave the friendship out of it. Right. Totally. It's partly on Sonia for not having mm-hmm. brought it up sooner and to have it be brought up kind of on camera with, you know, it, it maybe it feels like a, a bit of a betrayal to mm-hmm. Luann, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Do you, are you liking this season of Rowney? Um, well, I kind of stopped watching and I watched uh, last week's episode and thursday's episode for your podcast Um, and it's not because i don't enjoy it i just i don't know like i feel you're homeschooling two children so (laughs) and (laughs) i just feel like when i watch the show like my heart's racing because i don't really know what's going on like like i feel it's real anxiety while watching because it's like cameras are panning you know left and right and because everything's happening so fast, but then there's also not a real storyline. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to follow along in that sense. But I enjoy the show for like, their drunken antics. And I like when they have fun. And I like when they go you know, to Dorinda's house in the Berkshires. And I like, I actually like when they show more of New York City. Mm-hmm. Because it makes me long for the days of you know just walking into your like a neighborhood restaurant and you know sitting down or just just being like a new yorker just walking places because i live moved out to long island so everyone has a car out here and i miss the walking and i miss just i don't know i just miss that new york hustle and bustle yeah oh man what do you think they need to do to like rev it up well, next episode looks like a good episode uh, with Heather Tonks. Oh, yeah. Heather, holla. 
Hey, mama. <laughs> I think they just need a clear vision for like storylines because it just right. feels jumbled. Yeah, I mean, it must have been hard for the producers because Bethany left without really telling them right before they were about to start. Mm -hmm. They would have added somebody else if they knew she was leaving. They didn't. And then Tinsley leaves halfway through the season. Oh, yes. Yes, I forgot. I didn't even miss Tinsley this episode. I missed her. I miss her energy. I do. I feel like we need something like that for these women, you know? She doesn't take herself too seriously. She's not uber offended by everything, you know. That's true. Yeah. She's more breezy. Yes. Like, she's more easygoing, laid back. Which Um, she's not, but, like, compared to these other women, you know. (laughs) But you would think that because she has, you know, her money and the way she was raised, you would think that she would be more like them. So it's just weird that she's not. No, she's way more chill. And yeah. depending on who she's around, like if she's around Leah, she's way more oh, I chill. like them together. I do too. I enjoy their scenes so much. I really like Leah. I appreciate her for the show. Mm-hmm. And we just need to re-figure out how, who's going to be on for next season. I hope she comes back because if the rumors are true and Ramona tries to get her um, removed from the show, then... If Ramona comes back next season, and I don't think Leah might come back. I think Leah doesn't ever let anyone intimidate her out of anything. So I think mm-hmm. she there. She's trying to kind of have a campaign against Ramona, and Dorinda's in on it. And mm-hmm. you know who else has been? Sonia has been kind of on the anti-Ramona train right now. Elise is oh, leading no, that. She's the conductor of that train. <laughs> You know, and so it's crazy. But um, one thing that they, you know, all kind of pointed out is that Ramona has it's it's just been interesting with, you know, New York was hit so hard with with COVID and everyone besides Leah left. Right. Sonia Mm -hmm. was in Palm Springs. Uh, Luann went to a second home. Um, Ramona went to Florida you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like the only one that stayed was Leah. And yep. it was not easy to be stuck inside a two bedroom apartment and not be able to go outside for months or really do anything or see anyone. And so to see Ramona sort of like frolicking around Florida and then when Florida's COVID gets bad, come back to New York and show up in the Hamptons and not wear a mask and not social distance and act like everything is fine. You know, she's like, what the hell are you doing? And um, and Dorinda was up in the Berkshires, you know. And so they're all kind of like judging Ramona, um, who had coronavirus, <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. She posted that she and she had antibodies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you had corona. And I've always thought this. I was like, of course, someone's going to get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she. I think maybe the the age of the of laughing at selfish housewives may have passed where like there's a line of how selfish you can be before it just truly pisses everyone off. Yeah, she may have crossed it. I, I think she did, but I feel like Ramona always lands on her feet. Like, She's I, Teflon. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it, it's just, she had, like, I don't know. I, I really don't see her leaving for next season. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, 
Bravo is making changes, you know, all across the board. So you never know. You never know. Well, thank you so much for being on Essence. Where can people, can people find you on Instagram or Twitter? On Instagram, it's essential underscore E 91. And on Twitter, it's essential underscore E. Nice. Well, yeah, you always um, are, you're kind of, you're really nice on social media. I feel like a lot of people (laughs) are kind of assholes and and you kind of bring out the the kindness. So I, I appreciate that. We could use more essence. Well, I don't want to make someone else's day, make someone else have a bad day. So it, I mean, like, I don't agree with everything that's on social media, but I'm not, I feel like I'm not going to go out of my way to argue or make someone feel bad this is not this is not me i know there's enough of that in the world right i, I can't believe some of the things people say like oh. i know even about housewives like people are willing to like just totally lose their minds in a fight about housewives yeah i don't it's like it's, like, it's not that serious you, if you want to stand, stand. I'm not going to argue with you because you don't know these people. <laughs> you don't know them. We're all watching the same show. We're we're all watching the same things that they're putting out. So it's not like you have information that I don't have or like right. you're best friends with them. So it's just like they're on a show. Like I watch, like when I watch TV, I watch it for that reason. Like I just, to, just to watch these people act a fool, but. I'm not going to argue with someone who doesn't, who thinks they know like these people, but she's just weird. Yeah. It ain't that serious. No, there's way bigger things <laughs> to be worried about. Well, thank you so much for being on and for always being thank such you. a great supporter. Um, love fun. actually getting to see you and meet you and Hey, <laughs> maybe sometime in the future in Long Island, <laughs> we can, we can meet up. Oh yes, wait. Like, hopefully, we don't have another surge of COVID. But yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, some adult conversation. <laughs> like, this was nice. <laughs> what you don't so sit around nice. talking to your kids about Roni? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? Who's Ramona? <laughs> okay, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that (laughs) you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly. Some things never change, like nobody can resist (laughs) popping plastic bubbles. 
And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet. Excuse me, um, Miss Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.